Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a shining lamp of arty loveliness. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we catch up with queer mags poet Simon Medrell, who has a new prize-nominated poem inspired by a perhaps less appreciated aspect of life at Nakalo Camp. A poem from the Manx youth bard Hadassah Smith. We hear from the director of a forthcoming production of Agatha Christie's most critically acclaimed play, Witness for the Prosecution. And more chat with Gary and Jeff about this autumn's Festival of Choirs. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you might be involved in planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime. The list goes on. Email spotlight at manxradio.com or straight to me, Kane at manxradio.com if you prefer. They come to the same place. Now, we often catch up with Simon Madrill on this programme, the self-styled queer Manx poet who works out of Brighton. He performs around the UK but comes back to his homeland as often as his schedule allows to refresh his Manx roots, as it were, catch up with friends, no doubt, as well. On a recent trip, a visit to Nakelo Camp led to some poetic inspiration for a largely uncurated story about the men interned in the massive camp just outside Peel during the First War, which has already been highly commended, the poem that is, in the McClellan Poetry Competition. I caught up with Simon down the line from his home in Brighton to discover more. Well, I mean, I've been to Nikalo, um last year and spent a long time there. Um, the actual inspiration for this poem came from a piece that Culture Vannin did, was showing some of the, I don't know if you've seen them, some of the photographs of men presenting as female um, in the theatres, but also outside the theatres. Um, and there was an article about that, and they they um, linked us to an article that was actually written for um, critical mili- military studies by someone called Kit Hayam. So it's sort of, I'm, I'm actually writing a whole series of poems on internment, both First World War and Second World War. I mean, my grandparents rented, ran um, Birchong boarding house in Port Aaron and you know the kids were up in the attic and the boarding house was full of was full of internees so that whole history does fascinate me um but particularly with this one I think what's fascinating is it also brings in the subject of how we curate museum pieces so when we see photographs of men dressed as women in the Kalo camp how do we actually describe what's happening? Do we brush it off as men just having fun or it, it being a, an essential requirement and nothing more? How do we actually how do we actually present that and be faithful to either the truth or the likely truth? And and, and very often when we go to museums, you know, we see the actual truth queer washed out. Well, not just queer washed out, washed out for all sorts of all sorts of political reasons. But you know, certainly, even today, you've got going back to the First World War and um, the period of Nikalo. You know, you still have people claiming that that um, Wilfred Owen wasn't gay. You know, I mean, whether he would have used that word or or not, you know, there is there is very very little little doubt. But so so often often in curation we we ignore those truths because they're uncomfortable or 
the way in which we portray some of the things that we see are, are, are washed or put or dismissed and such like. And my, my poem basically tries to address that by showing it. And I think, yeah, it's probably best to read it and then discuss perhaps some of the specifics afterwards otherwise i'll end up saying the poem longer than saying the poem if that makes sense yeah well let's do it let's do it let's hear it but as you say what's great about it is it's it's um being highly commended in the mcclellan poetry competition which is run from the isle of Arran. so i'll be going up i'll be going up to another island to, to read this poem next year but is that, is that a first the isle of Arran? is that a first for you or yes it is i've not been the furthest north i've been is butte yeah, I've got. That's oh yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. That's terrific. And the McClellan, the McClellan uh, poetry competition itself—is that something that's been going for a while? Yeah, it has. I'm not sure how long actually, but it's a good twenty years or so, I think. Let's hear. Let's actually hear the uh, the poem. Like I said, then we can chat a little bit more off the back of that. So, uh, Nokelo Camp. Those assigned male on entry were confined to subcamps of a thousand each, twenty-three units in total. Just like this couplet form creates the whole. Varieties of shows, theatre plays, concerts and comedy, camp entertainment with many tens of thousands of gender holes in its casts. Presenting of female was now a possibility for countless internees who grabbed high heels and lipstick illusions, grasped those pearl and wig illusions whatever it took for whatever motivations polyvalent not ambivalent just as those going on a stag do do so for more than one reason like believing the custom what happens in the calo otto for example plays drag for a laugh me in a dress i'm no fraulein and certainly not beautiful but gorgeous Emil revels in facing up with slapstick and smiles, even though being noticed positively had been their abiding experience. Life is a masquerade, my dear. Gustav loved to boost morale, taking one for the team by dressing up and pinning gold stars onto his own chest. Bruno fancied boys as a kid, course he did love the leading roles but he also prefers being out front as the theatre attendant or backing up as a waitress giving him free rein to flirt like a trooper skirting a fence and defense from within a pinafore dress reinhardt from deep within their no woman's land believed in recreating a heimat, that untraced, untranslatable feeling of hearth and home by using female impersonators to keep the camp feelings wearing a wholesome costume. Tony always knew she was a woman and now also lives as a female outside of the 20 theatres in a way that presenting as a woman is the gateway to being herself. One lieutenant felt that for her, 
presenting as female on stage was acting in accordance with their own nature, their real self, but doubted how many others noticed. Hervig reserved such thinking for his private diary. I've realised recently how much better the world would be if some men were women and some women were men. An ambivalence that internment enabled certain freedoms, whilst liberation for many, even for the lettered and noted, took a year from war's end, after they lost or won their appeals against deportation to a place unknown to them. Just as going back to where you came from doesn't always garner medals or garlands around the neck. Like one Marguerite Klopfleisch, who was interned during World War II at Birch Home, and probably also detained in a ward. She was only really released from oppression in Germany where she died in 1982. Great poem, and we'll discuss a little more about Simon's inspiration and poetic curation next week. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. The Festival of Choirs, taking to the Villa stage in a month or so's time, total of 19 choirs in the competition, a record entry, I believe, in a festival which has already put the island on the choir map around the UK as a friendly and well-organised event with the added excitement of being overseas, as it were. I chatted to festival director Jeff Corkish and festival coordinator Gary Corkle and put it to them that the festival was an excellent fit for the island's artistic scene. Of course, the Arrow Man's got a great choral tradition of its own, so Absolutely. it's wonderful to see this sort of festival taking place with not only local choirs, but I say so many, so many singers and choirs from around the uh, around the country, and it's it's also a very social thing, I suppose, as well, isn't it? People singing choirs. And that was partly the reason for doing it, you know, that we all because we both sing in a choir, the London Millers Choir. We know how difficult it is to keep choirs together and keep interest, and uh, so the idea behind it, I thought, was this is another. Uh, a, a, a gathering point for choirs, something to work for, to keep them to uh, keep them going, uh, and keeping choirs together, and to come to the Isle of Man, coming overseas to the Isle of Man. Mm. Uh, some people have never been to the Isle of Man before, uh, but now they want to come back to the festival. So we're very proud of that, as I say. And just looking again at the weekend, the ensemble competition. Then is that something separate? Yes, it is. Uh, we 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 hold the final on a Sunday. Uh, and again, two festivals ago, we decided to introduce an ensemble to, if you like, just to pad out the the, the, the Sunday a little bit more. So it's uh, and we've got we've got six ensembles, and it's a it's a competition for uh, small choirs between four and twelve voices, and it also gives the opportunity for some of the choristers singing on the Saturday, again, just to sing something different. And one or two of the choirs actually have separate ensembles uh, to the main choir. Uh, and again, it's it's a nice start to the to the to the final. Uh, there's some lovely songs and some lovely little uh, little groups of singers in in that class. Sounds terrific stuff. So, if people want to get involved, is it too late for choirs to still enter now? Are, are the entries closed, or can they still enter? No, the the entry the entries are closed. 
uh, they because we we produce a program mm. and all sorts of other things. We 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 have a a, a deadline of a, probably about six weeks ago for choirs to enter. But as far as the weekend is concerned, the Saturday and Sunday are open to anybody that wants to come along. We 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 have priced it at twelve pound fifty a ticket, but that gives you access to both days. The first class starts at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, uh, and we go on to about half past six. And then the final, the ensemble in the final starts at 10 o'clock on the Sunday till about 1.30. And again, it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. For those that are a bit concerned about, well, what type of music they'll be, maybe it will be all serious. We do have a lot of serious music, a lot of, a, a lot of uh, choral music, but we have, again, songs from the shows. We have uh, some rock songs. We have uh, nursery rhymes. And Howard, if you're coming, we also have one song that's singing a sea shanty. <laughs> so there's something for everybody. Something for everyone. But we've been grateful for the audience support, which has grown over the years as word has gone round that it's a great festival. Yeah. It's a great weekend to sit in the Villa Marina and hear, hear choirs of great standard, but all genres of music. Typical spoke something for everyone, which is what we like to hear. Wonderful stuff. And, of course, a lot of organisation. Not cheap things to organise festivals like these, so plenty of help from authorities on the art. I'm very grateful that when, when I had the idea of doing this, I approached the department of which I was a member and suggested this. They saw the initiative, they appreciate the initiative, and since then they've supported it wholeheartedly. So uh, very, very grateful to the department who... Uh, who keep it going, you know, they're the underwriters of it. So uh, well done to them, to the Department of Enterprise, Tourism in particular. Absolutely. And a wonderful for the winner, the overall winner of the of the great weekend of choirs. There is a, a good, I mean, a, a substantial cash prize, we should say. Uh, yes. Well, the winners of each class win £500. So again, it's an incentive to, for the class. And second place in each get £150. But then the winner of the final gets an additional £1,500, making a total of £2,000 to the winning choir. That's a lot of money for a choir. Choirs are not cheap to keep going. So it's a great incentive and we're grateful for their support. Long may continue. More details online, Gary, if people want to go online and they think, I can't remember all that. Is it, uh, the yeah, the there? tickets are available from the Villa Gaiety website or phoning their hotline 600555 or just call in a person at the Welcome Centre or the Villa Marina reception and they'll gladly sell you a ticket. Terrific. It sounds great. Best of, stuff, best of luck with it. Wonderful to have the choir celebrated here on the Isle of Man. Uh, just finally, you're both uh, great singers yourself. Of course, are you are you able to take part, either of you? Or have you got to, are you too busy doing the organisational side of things? No, we just find a little slot for us to slot in with the Londo Male Voice Choir. We do sing in competition, of course, but... Just to show that we're not biased in any way, we've never won a prize yet. <laughs> and the Festival of Choirs takes place over the weekend of the 13th to the 15th of October. Once again, it has the support of its patron, Ireland-based star of Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and goodness knows what else, John Rhys-Davies. Some more poetry. Adassa Smith is the current Manx Youth Bard alongside the newly appointed Senior Bard, Boxy Class. We heard from Boxy last week. We'll have more from her in weeks to come. But we'd like to hear from Hadassah as well, the youth bard, as often as she has time here on Spotlight. Here's a lovely, timely one she has sent in recently, simply entitled, Oh no, I'll leave Hadassah to tell you. My plum is calling me. You're probably wondering what I am. I'm no art, nor machine that is smart. I'm a plum that's beautiful and colourful. 
Everyone has a different plum that keeps them binding. My plum is calling me. It calls me to look deeper inside. It is not mean or dark, neither is it unkind. It's special. It's mine. My plum is calling me. It dances and swings and twirls about. My plum can see me. However, I cannot see it. It hides deep inside. Do I dare go that deep? My plum is calling me. I must go down now. My plum is calling me. I am with it now. A thoughtful and empathetic poem from the Manx Youth Bard Hadassah Smith. Look out for her at poetry events around the island from time to time. I think she features in the paper as well. Finally, this evening... Mrs Rowe, or Mrs Helm, which do you prefer to be called? It does not matter. Does it not? In this country we are inclined to take a rather more serious view of marriage. However, Frau Helm, it would appear, that when you first met the prisoner in Hamburg, you lied to him about your marital status? I wanted to get out of Germany, so... You lied, did you not? Just yes or no, please. Yes. Thank you. A clip from the 1957 movie version of Agatha Christie's classic stage play and possibly her most critically acclaimed Witness for the Prosecution, featuring Charles Lawton and Marlene Dietrich there. Not a bad line of Well, I can't promise those particular actors, sadly, for obvious reasons, but the play itself will be coming to the Gaiety stage this November, courtesy of local group The Service Players. Director of the play, Sharon Walker told me more. Who doesn't want to direct an Agatha Christie play? There are so many to choose from but this particular play is fantastic because there are so many twists and turns in it. It's an absolute joy for a director to be able to convey a story where the audience has the opportunity to decide whether they think the story that's being presented in front of them is the right interpretation or not. So I was really, really fortunate to see a production of this at County Hall in London earlier on this year, where they actually use um, the, the whole procedure, the whole surroundings for the, the courtroom. So you felt very much like you were sat in the court watching the actual trial hap- happening. It was in the round and it, I took great inspiration from that. So when I was presented with the opportunity of directing for my first time at the Gaiety for this by the service players, I thought, well, this would be a great play to, to, to choose. Um, and it was a real opportunity to be able to do something different with it as well. So um, we're giving the audience the opportunity to be in the jury for this play. Oh. Um, and come and sit on the stage and be part of the courtroom scene. So um, I'm hoping that will interest people who perhaps don't always come and see normal sort of drama performances. But as I say, it's a classic Agatha Christie at heart. Um, Lots of twists and turns, although it's interesting, it's not a Hercule Poirot or a Miss Marple it, it's very much it stands alone as its own story so um, yeah it's a fantastic play and it's very it is a, a courtroom drama realistically very much very much there are a couple of scenes in um, one of the barristers chambers but essentially all the court action happens in the, in the courtroom some very dramatic um, witness statements given um, by the defendant himself, Leonard Vole, but also his his wife, who's a very charismatic and uh, emotion appears to be emotionless um, 
a wife um, who um, turns out actually to be quite a, a, a critical part of the actual development of the plot. So, um, yes, very much a courtroom drama. Um, as I say, whoever has who decides to become the foreman of the jury out of our, our general public has the opportunity to announce the verdict to do the guilty or not guilty um, line as well. So, oh. um, Does that mean there's two endings? Well, you'll have to wait and see, won't you? <laughs> Is it, does it present a challenge then as a, a director? And whilst you're saying it's, it's your first full length play at the gate, you're no stranger to directing. You've done one acts before and obviously you've been on the stage a long time or whatever. Particular challenges when it's so much set in, in the courtroom from the point of view, obviously that means then generally there's not a great deal of movement. Absolutely that. And what you don't want to happen is for it to be literally a case of the witness trotting on and trotting off again. So um, we're doing, as I say, doing something different with it. Not only are the jury going to be on the stage, a lot of the entrances and exits will be through the auditorium. Um, a lot of the um, the cast for the, um, the courtroom drama itself the general public gallery for the courtroom is actually in the auditorium and in the boxes. So, um, again, real opportunity for the whole audience to be involved and I hope feel part of it. It does sound very exciting, I must admit. Uh, acting point or acting wise, obviously the service player is best known, I suppose, for doing comedies and farces and such like over the year, although they certainly have, are no stranger to doing straight plays. Plenty of actors and actresses interested in doing pieces like this you know as you say courtroom drama Agatha Christie sort of tense sort of thrillers oh absolutely I was really really lucky when I came to um we had the read through the auditions I had ha I had my choice of cast and that's always really nice because there are always times where you you cast a play and you're sort of sometimes you're scratching around a little bit to find people mm, but that's not the case here we've got some fantastic people involved um playing the so the defendant is a guy called Daniel Sebastian Gray who's just been in Merchant of Venice with John Walker who's also in it but actually um, Rob James from Manx Radio is, it, is in it as well so another plug for Manx Radio there but then you also do have some of your sort of service players stalwarts so Lisa and Toby Smith are in it as well as is, as is yourself I put, I put Howard the, I put briefly with my medical uh, hat on indeed and so Rachel Martin and Rachel Jocken are also in involved as well so and quite nicely we've got somebody who had been involved in service players a long time ago Mike Percival who's actually coming yes. who's treading the boards again more often seen backstage in indeed years. indeed for the first time in a long time but there's a cast of you know over 15 people in the play in yeah. the play yes um and yes say so the plot is fantastic that it's the the it's the trial of the murder of Miss Emily French who's being played by Jill Buchanan. Um, and interestingly enough, part of the premise of the play is around the fact that she's this elderly lady. And when you look at the script, she's 56. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> you know, that just shows you in the time that Agatha Christie was writing that, you know, the, an age of 56 was considered to be past it. Sounds terrific. Uh, something really different, particularly, as you say, with this way it's going to be staged with the audience actually being part of the action, as it were. Can't wait to see it. Uh, and, well, I'll be there in close quarters, as to be said. <laughs> I hope um, so. <laughs> 
want to find out more, uh, tickets available now. When's it on, and uh, how can they? How can they yeah, get tickets? tickets are available now. Um, it's on from the 9th to the 11th of November at the Gaiety Theatre. So just head over to the usual Villa Gaiety website, or call in at the box office, or go to the Welcome Centre, and you'll be able to buy tickets there. Should be a cracking show. Some great actors and actresses. Real tense courtroom drama. I don't know whether it's been seen here before. Tickets are available now. Get them while you can. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst changing your duvet this weekend? See you next week when we'll hear more about LitFest 2023. Until then, look after yourselves and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.